Hello there. So I haven't watched a full wrestling show in like over a year. I think the last one and I'd done a review it was the Raw anniversary. I think it was the 30th anniversary or something that was that was just over a year ago. So the first technical wrestling show I've watched in full in a long time in over a year is funny enough a press conference believe it or not yeah never thought i'd be reviewing a press conference but yeah here we are here's my uh, i watched the wrestlemania xl kickoff i think it was officially called uh i didn't see it live i watched it yesterday so i knew what happened watching it going into watching it so just my thoughts on it overall this was actually good this was this was really well done it made sense that they'd done it as well because they're in las vegas of course they're for the super bowl so maximum publicity they've gone for with that this is smart business sense. And overall, this was actually pretty enjoyable. There was some pricks, and the end was explosive. And pro wrestling at its finest. But we'll get to it. We'll get to that. So, you know, you've got a little um, panel with Michael Cole, CM Punk, Biggie, and... Uh, was he Oh, Pat McAfee. Uh, I've got to say, good to see Biggie again, you know. That was horrendous. Well, I heard about what happened to him as well. Uh, I've seen the clip as well of when he was the the, the suplex that was done to him. That was horrendous. So good to see him there. Hopefully he's keeping well. Uh, all the best wishes to him. You know, I, oh, that was horrific what happened. So it's good to see him there. He actually, what he actually did have some good insights as well. We'll get to that later on. CM Punk was just his usual self, you know. <laughs> As a performer, he is excellent. I've been a fan of him, but he's a snarky little bastard, you know. <laughs> Honestly, you just, you know. I actually stick up for him in the whole AEW situation because it is a complete fucking catastrophe over there. It's an absolute joke. You've got, what, cocaine can letting the inmates run the asylum there. But uh, CM Punk making his snarky little comments, and he was like, hey, where were you in 2013? All about the old We Want Cody thing as well. And it's just like... <laughs> the thing is, there were people like that back in 2013, but there was more of a way more of a casual audience back then. The, the show hadn't been completely overrun by neckbeards by that point, so those people were more confined to online, but people in the arenas and the, the core audience now unfortunately is the neckbeards that's why we're getting this whole we want kobe garbage but we'll get to that we'll get to that so you've got uh, triple h comes out basically sucking his own dick basically going going <laughs> and you know triple h he's so he's such a dweeb i'm sorry but the way i heard about the thing the way he handled the whole press conference uh, after the Royal Rumble when they were asking about Vince McMahon and people were saying some people were defending him like the WWE apologists were like there would be about empathy he's not going to throw his fucking uh, father-in-law under the bus it's like nah nobody's asking him to throw his father-in-law under the bus and we realise he probably can't say there's an awful lot that he can't say at the moment but here's the thing he comes across he came across as dismissive of the whole thing, like not a complete professional or anything like that. It was just like, apparently he said something like, "Very second focus on the positives," like completely, white, sort of like completely trying to gloss over a very serious situation. And he and he did not, he does not come across well. I'm sorry, he just doesn't. And. And they've got some people defending him. It's like, we're not expecting them to come out and say, yeah, fuck my father-in-law and things like that, but show a little bit more empathy, you know? But 
whatever. Triple H is a douche. More than him later as well. And oh, another thing he's banging on about, oh yeah, we, we've got this deal with Netflix for $5 billion, which is funny because a lot, and then you, people are like, yeah, isn't WWE amazing because of this? And yes, the, the stuff they're doing off screen is actually impressive, the money. And I, I mentioned that when I was talking last week. Nick Khan is the real megastar of, of WWE with the amount of deals he can get. But it's funny because a lot of people will brag about this, saying, oh, wow, look at this. But then they'll also turn around and say, oh, we don't care, though, if The Rock's like the the the, the money match. We don't care. We don't, wrestling fans don't care about that. Oh, yeah, they don't care about that unless it suits them. Let's be honest. Let's be real here. But fair play to them for getting that deal. So uh, first person of the, the current roster to come out was Bianca Belair. And, oh, oh God, she's awful. Sorry. But uh, I remember seeing something, look, nothing personal here. I remember seeing something from her a couple of years ago, I think it was during Elimination Chamber, they showed a little video package. She comes across as a nice person in real life, but she is not a good entertainer. Sorry, she's just off. The whole big ponytail thing looks fucking goofy as fuck. She's still doing that stupid shit, swinging it about. It just looks fucking stupid. Does And her voice is like nails on a chalkboard. And this whole EST thing, I'm sorry, it is the cringest. Utter shite. Oh, God. What, what a... She is honest to God. She just cannot... Has no charisma whatsoever. Nothing. She just... And people think, oh, swinging a ponytail with a bit of charisma. It's just like, oh, God. And I, I, I remember seeing, like, one of the, the promos with her. Uh, I think it was during the Raw 30 thing. And, oh, oh, my God. She was awful. Like, really God-awful. And that so... She's not improved one jot. However, on the flip side, we're going, oh, by the way, before I know what's going to happen, people will probably turn around and say, well, you don't be like Bianca Belair. You must be a racist sexist then. And it's just like, no. I mean, I mean, I mean even though like I gave like a, a very positive review of The Colour Purple the other day, and, you know, I stick up for people like Halle Bailey, and, you know, against the real racists, you know, that, that were moaning about The Little Mermaid and things like that. But, you know, I just say it. If I think you're good, I'll say you're good, no matter what your gender or colour or whatever. And if I think you're shit, I'll say you're shit, no matter what your gender or colour. And I'm sorry, Bianca Belair's just shit. <laughs> sorry. End of. But here was a pleasant surprise, though. The next person to come out was Rhea Ripley. Now, what I've seen of Rhea Ripley over, like, a couple of years ago or whatever, she was awful. Like, god-awful. You know, couldn't talk worth the shit. She was terrible, terrible actor. But here's the thing, she came out. And she was actually pretty good on the mic. She actually looks like she's improved. She's got a lot more poise and a lot more confidence. And the crowd massively do seem into her, so fair play. You know, this was a pleasant surprise. I was expecting this to be another shit fest, but no, she was actually pretty good here. Got just, I think she still does that stupid stomp thing, which looks fucking stupid, but whatever. She was actually good on the mic. It looks like she's now finding her groove. So, fair play. Fair play. That didn't last for long, though, of course. Becky Lynch then came out. Funny enough, when her music hit, there was no pop whatsoever. But then again, after that, then you know, there was some Becky chants once the music stopped and everything like that. And then the neckbeards were doing their stupid... You know, I mean, it's still got that horrible music. Sounds like a bunch of neck beards having an orgy, but whatever. But, um, you know, 
she, I'll say this, she wasn't as annoying as she usually was here. She's still not good at all. I mean, if you look at how Rhea Ripley, in even the last couple of years, has improved leaps and bounds, Becky Lynch is no better than what she was on the mic when she came up in 2015. She's still no better. She's still awful. So, you know, whatever. But And it, she had that stupid cringe line when she said, it's going to be the man, the manny versus the mammy or something like that. And I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. But to be fair, she wasn't as annoying as she usually is. But I'll be honest here, Rhea Ripley came across so much better than Becky Lynch and she's been on the main roster a lot less time. So, whatever. Looks like they're almost certainly setting that up for WrestleMania. Fine, whatever, I guess. Don't really care, but there you have it. Um, the other one, uh, oh, I remember as well, some people were complaining online, saying things like, oh, Bailey should be there, she's the Women's Royal Rumble winner, and it's just like, well, Bailey can't talk worth the shit, so why would you want her here? That's just, the, Bailey's just one of those little neckbeard favourites from the original Full Sail NXT, so, you know, again, she she's awful, so why would you want her on, on a big mainstream stage like that, you know, Bailey's probably even worse than Becky Lynch, and that's saying something, you know, whatever. Oh, another interesting point, though, Bianca Belair mentioned the whole thing about um, her and Sasha Banks, main event, like, when she mentioned Sasha Banks, and everyone cheers and all that, and I'm thinking to myself, these people are booing The Rock, giving The Rock shit, but they cheer somebody who's not walked out on them, not just once, but twice, just because she doesn't get her own way in a scripted wrestling match, and it's just <laughs> fucking stupid these fans are. Ah, whatever, I digress. Uh, there was also an advert for the new video game, which has that whole finish the story. Oh, God, this, this advert was cringing the AI on it. looked terrible, to be honest. Uh, God, whatever. What, what can you say? Uh, anyway, whatever. Um, where, where are we going next? All right, so up next, we've got... Seth Rollins, and oh my god, this guy is awful, oh dear, it comes, this is the first, I've heard about him doing this sing-along thing, and this is the first time I've seen it, like, it's cringe, it's just, I'm saying cringe an awful lot, but I can't think of a better word, to be honest, Seth Rollins coming out, giving the home, <laughs> and uh, it's just awful, apparently I heard his part in Captain America, the Brave New World, or whatever it's called, got cancelled, his part's been cut, I don't know if that's true or not, but thank Christ, if it is true, thank Christ, and I'll say one thing, didn't Becky Lynch's cameo in Eternals or something for the post-credits scene get cut as well, so it's just like, it must run in that family, and and the annoyingness must run in the family, you know, Seth Rollins used to be good as well back in like when he was with The Shield in 2015 as well, his, his run there was good, but oh god, he's just annoying now, just turn the TV off annoying, but the saving grace came when Roman Reigns just came out and fucking buried the fuck out of this guy, it's just like, Roman Reigns just effortlessly buried this guy, I haven't seen a lot of the whole tribal chief thing, but... And whenever I've seen it, I've never really kind of got the hype. I, I saw, like, the trial of Sami Zayn thing last year, and I thought everyone was raving about it, and I thought I thought it was kind of boring, you know, but whatever. But the way he just buried Seth Rollins effortlessly is glorious. I actually think in many ways Roman was the star of the show. And, you know, it's like, like uh, Roman says he's going to pick The Rock, and The Rock comes out. Uh, and interesting enough, the, the crowd reaction was kind of mixed, but there, there was some a lot of boos and things, but whatever. 
he done the family tree thing, actually showing that there is actually a proper story here, an actual compelling story, not just guy wants to win title. You know, that's, that's basically what the other story is. But um, he was, uh, so this stuff, all pretty good. You know, he was doing, and he was, you could sort of see the heel stuff was starting to come. He mentioned the Cody Crybaby things, which he'd done in the Pat McAfee show earlier in the day, which was fantastic. I watched that full interview as well. That was fantastic. Um, but then after this, then Cody comes out and then he gets no music, by the way, so whatever. He just kind of comes out, says, oh, this is bullshit. And then he says, I'm picking Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. You're just like, uh, whatever. But I will say one thing. Cody got a mixed response as well. There were boos for him as well. Let's be real. Uh, so this isn't this whole universally organic thing. This whole, and the way, like I said, I've, I did my recording last week and the fans after this, what even acted started acting even worse, and we'll get on to that later. But you know, he goes on, starts saying, uh, it was funny. <laughs> Roman Reigns even said, You get away to the, the secondary table, you go away, away with that bum. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> He could be Seth Rollins, and it's just, he just effortlessly buried that annoying fuck. And Seth Rollins was just like a spare part in this whole thing, it was <laughs> unbelievable. And then you've got what the but then the Cody Rhodes says, well, you've mentioned my family, I'm going to mention yours, mentions by Chief Peter Maivia saying he'd be embarrassed or ashamed of Roman Reigns. And this lit a fire in the rock when he came up and said, wait a minute, you talk about his family, you talk about my family. Then you could say it's all fair game that Cody Rhodes starts talking about people's families because Roman Reigns will have apparently done it. I'm, I'm guessing he'll have done it last year during the whole thing, but I didn't see. But then again, the rocks never brought up Cody Rhodes' family. So you can see why The Rock was, would be pissed saying like that. He's right in what he says. And by the way, see when The Rock squared up to Cody Rhodes? Cody looked like he was about to shit himself. I'm sorry, he just looked like a coward. He looked scared up against... It was like a boy looking up at a man. That's what it was. And then The Rock slapped him when that was Cody. And Cody does nothing about it. And then Seth Rollins starts jumping in. It's like, what, what the fuck's this got to do with him? Fuck off, Seth Rollins. You stink. No one cares about you. Get away. But, you know, this was proper, proper pro wrestling entertainment. It was compelling. It was a male soap, soap opera done extremely well. Uh, so this was exciting. This genuinely was great. And we come, uh, we go, it's funny, we cut back to the whole, um, the the panel, and you've got Michael Cole keep saying, but, but what about Seth Rollins? What about Seth Rollins? It's like, no one fucking cares about Seth Rollins, Michael Cole. Shut the fuck up. In a way... He's doing the right thing, trying to big up the other champion, but let's let's call Spade Spade. No one gives a fuck about him, so whatever. But you know, <clears throat> what I mentioned as well, Big E made some really intelligent points here. That they're talking in sort of not just kayfabe, but sort of a funny kayfabe swerver slash shoot the way. And Big E was saying, "Well, why don't why don't you just do the two matches? You've got two nights." And he's right. That's actually the right thing in many ways because. You keep everyone happy in that sense. You have Rock and Roman one night. You have Cody and Roman the next. Rock and Roman doesn't even need to be for the title. It can just be for like the head of the family or whatever. And that would tie into the thing saying you're gonna lose. Cody saying the week before you're gonna lose everything. Like yeah, exactly. If Cody beats him for the belt and Rock beats him for the head of the table, then there you go. He loses everything in one weekend. So that actually would be the way the way to finish all the stories in that sense and it's hit to see Caesar crumble in that sense that's actually a really good idea 
Plus you give everything. Everybody gets what they want. The neckbeards get what they want. The, the people that want to see Rock Roman get what they want. This isn't rocket science. However, it doesn't look like... It's hard to say what way they're going because it now looks like Rock and Roman are on the same page. So, you know, there you have it. Uh, of course... The other thing, you've got the moment when, like, Triple H is backstage. Oh, I've got to say, the new uh, interviewer, I can't remember her name. She's hot as fuck, I've got to say. She really is hot. I know Charlie Caruso used to be there, and she was hot as fuck too, but unfortunately, now she's joined Fox News, she's kind of showed that she's um, <laughs> one of those people that should really be seen and not heard. She's just, <laughs> what a bitch she's turned out to be, but she's still hot, to be fair. But, uh, yeah, you know, the new the new interviewer, for my first time seeing her, Stunning woman, got to say, got to look her up more on her Instagram or whatever. But it's, uh, she is really hot, got to be said. You know, she's like interviewing Triple H, and then Rock, Rock was dropping f bombs. The bit I seen was edited as well, you know, because I watched it yesterday on the YouTube channel. But you know, Rock was like dropping f bombs to him, saying, "But basically, you better fucking sort this or something like that," you know. Uh, and it's now. Uh, now, now, I didn't see, I, I haven't watched Smackdown, you know, whatever, but I've seen the clip with uh, Triple H basically saying, oh, it was all my decision, basically saying, oh, it's his decision that Cody's going to re main event WrestleMania, and he was sitting there saying, the Rock, certain people who aren't happy about it should know their role. Well, let's be honest here, Triple H, you might be knowing your role soon, because if it's true that Brian Gerwitz is now on board with The Rock again, and it looks kind of like it because Brian Gerwitz has been tweeting about the storyline and basically telling people, just wait and see what happens, you know. Don't be too surprised if Triple H's role will be not there so much in WWE going forward because there's no real need for Triple H now. Let's be honest. They might want to completely... TKO, Endeavour, whoever, might want to just completely get rid of the old McMahon regime. They don't want the stench of it. And don't be surprised if Triple if, if this whole thing turns out to be true or whatever with Vince McMahon, do not be surprised if Triple H knew about this. I mean, I find it hard to believe that he'd, him and Stephanie didn't know about this. I mean, Stephanie apparently resigned as soon as McMahon came back on the, on the board. But Triple H, though, he was just... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he can't get, he can't let, let go of his power, can he? And what was, what I found hilarious, people that mentioned Brian Gerwitz, people were under Brian Gerwitz's tweet saying, oh, you pivoted, you pivoted, didn't you? And, oh, isn't Triple H amazing? Triple H and his great storytelling. Oh, Papa H. I'm sorry. Looking at that press conference, while I agree, it was fantastic, the end of it. There's no fucking way Triple H wrote that. No fucking way. Triple H does not have a creative bone in his body. Triple H, all his creativity is basically indie wrestler A goes and wrestles indie wrestler B for 25 minutes. That's the extent of Triple H's creative mind. You know, and him getting Bailey to win the Royal Rumble. It's like, that is a Triple H fucking... That's Triple H in a nutshell right there. But that ending of the press conference was pure Hollywood. It was pure theatre. It was drama it was proper compelling storytelling and it made it was a great cliffhanger and make you want to see what happens next something that's been sorely lacking in professional wrestling over the years the more and more triple h has had control that's the cliffhangers are basically gone for the most part one or two exceptions aside the odd exception aside cliffhangers are pretty much gone 
It's like, it's just wrestling matches. Whereas that was a proper cliffhanger. And you used to get that back in the days when Brian Germitz was writing. So what a surprise. Brian Germitz comes on board with The Rock and suddenly you get a segment like that. That was not Triple H who wrote that. He might have booked Cody to win the Rumble. It sounds like the Royal Rumble sounded boring as fuck. So no doubt that was Triple H booking 101. But that was proper entertainment. There's no fucking way Triple H wrote that. That was that had Brian Gerowitz's fingerprints all over it. And, you know, I'm just saying that's no fucking way that was Triple H. <laughs> no way. So, and you know, um, Rock, of course, was on the Pat McAfee show earlier. Uh, great interview. I actually watched the full thing as well after I watched the press conference yesterday. Uh, so I've talked a little bit about that. Great interview. Of course, you've seen the clip earlier on in the day with the, when he was talking about the Cody Crybabies and it got that uh, trending. It's like, uh, <laughs> that was brilliant, you know. Uh, and then, of course, what he actually said, and he quite clearly said is, there's Cody fans, there's uh, Rock fans, and there's another section, the Cody Crybabies. And he didn't say all Cody fans were like that. He said there's good Cody fans who don't behave like that. But he mentioned, any, I'll tell you one thing, the specific, the little smelly neckbeards, basically. And anyone who is upset by that Cody Crybabies thing, quite frankly, quite frankly, you've proven his, his point correct. Because if somebody... And I've seen a few people on Twitter were kind of like, who are like, yeah, I, I like Cody and I want him to get the match, but some of the, he's right in what he's saying about some of these people. And the ones crying about it are, are the Cody crybabies. They are, I mean, they were, The Rock did a, a tweet mentioning he was going to be in Moana too. And it's... Uh, uh, this tweet, nothing to do with wrestling, but it's filled with the Cody crybabies in the, underneath it. That's, this was before he actually this got broadcast as well. They were all sitting greeting the bit of thing. Hey, we want Cody! Hey, we want Cody! And it's just <laughs> absolute embarrassment. It was nothing to do with wrestling and things like that. And all these people that turn around and say, Black Adam was a big flop and all this, and you hope Moana 2 flops and all that. And I'm just like, yeah, Roads to the Top was such a big success, wasn't it? You know, these fucking idiots have no clue what they're talking about. But an interesting experiment I noticed. Not long after The Rock done his tweet about Moana 2, The Hollywood Handle also done a tweet saying Rock's going to be in Moana 2. And, for, and I checked it just to see the replies in that, just to see if any wrestling fan, if anyone mentioned Cody Rhodes in this. This is a completely non-wrestling related um, uh, site, uh, account. Nothing. Not a peep about Cody Rhodes in that. So I just told you, there's no mainstream appeal with Cody Rhodes whatsoever. None. So there you go. Nobody mentioned Cody. Um, now, that might have changed by now. That was a couple of days ago. Other people might have went into the tweet now, of course. But And it just shows you the wrestling bubble you, ain't as li you might be loud when your own bubble, but outside in other forms of entertainment, nobody cares about Cody Rhodes or nobody cares about Papa H's great booking. It's just, <laughs> these absolute fucking nerds who cry and whine and, until they get everything they want. It's just utterly... I mean, this might have been the plan all along. I don't know if there's been a change of plan or whatever, but earlier in the week, Brian Gerwitz was saying, was, was saying, you know, you don't know what's coming. He was basically saying, you know, this isn't the end of it. And let's be honest, Rock and Roman was never confirmed last week. You didn't see the graphic or anything coming up saying match confirmed. And Cody and Seth Rollins was never fully confirmed. So, you know, that could have been the plan all along. And all these idiots saying, oh, it was a pivot and oh, Pepe H is in great rating. It's just these fucking idiots are clueless. Absolutely clueless. 
So, you know, and if Cody was as big as they all say he was, how come he didn't draw any ratings in AEW? How come nobody was shouting for him in AEW? They were all fucking booing him. And now, like I said, I've said this before and I'll say it again, the only reason these the hardcore WWE fans have now latched onto Cody is because he's the first guy to jump ship from AEW to WWE. It's the only reason why. And I'm telling you straight, he'll get, they'll win the title and they'll buy SummerSlam, they'll be booing him. Because they'll be sick of him. They'll want somebody else to latch onto somebody else. And they, these people, they've got no... I mean, you look at the... They don't want The Rock, but they, they love LA Knight so much. You know, Poundland Rock? It just shows you how fucking stupid these people are. But whatever. It is what it is. But there's my thoughts there. So this actually was compelling. It was exciting. And, you know, there's so much... Could, some people think it could be a tag going forward, Rock and Roman versus Seth and uh, Cody, Cody. I mean, whatever. Why Seth was there, I don't know, but who gives a shit about Seth Rollins, to be honest. I know he's apparently injured now, but he might not be wrestling till WrestleMania, so I don't think you can do that elimination chamber. Uh, so apparently I did see the thing, Rock's, Rock and Roman are meant to be on SmackDown next week. Now, t- to be honest, they really should have been on last night. They really should have done something and capitalised on this because I bet you SmackDown done a good rating last night. It will, because there'll be a lot of buzz and some people might just think, oh, Rock will probably be on and then tune in and then they'll be like, oh, oh he's not there. But the, but then he's advertised for next week, so let's you'll get a big, big ratings boost next week, so we'll see. Anyway, that's just my thoughts there. Uh, so something exciting actually happened in pro wrestling and you can thank The Rock and Brian Gerwitz for that, not your precious Papa H. But anyway, never mind. Thanks ever so much for taking the time to listen. And I'm going to rip off the Smart Busters and say again and say, fuck Cody Rhodes.